You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 29th, 2021. My name is Philip Ross, and I'm the Insight Editor over at Daily.com. Just call me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic fight against Los Angeles Lakers with their new players getting their first looks in Magic uniforms. Some good, some bad, and a whole lot more as the Magic try to face this new reality and try to find ways to still be productive and, yes, try to win games. We'll get into some of the philosophy that Steve Clifford is presenting himself uh, as the Orlando Magic try to navigate the rest of the season. And I, I think it'll upset some fans, but, I think, but I'll tell you why it, it shouldn't. It absolutely shouldn't. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment, but before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you could check out all the great podcasts on Lockdown Podcast Network. By searching, we have a download podcast for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Los Angeles Lakers? Check out our good pals at Lockdown Lakers. No matter who your team is, whether it's the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On in the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Also, don't forget to check out our pals at Locked On NBA. I was a guest on Sunday to try and explain what the hell the Magic did. Uh, check out Locked On NBA every day for the latest around the NBA. Today's podcast also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. We're going to talk a lot on today's episode about kind of the philosophy of the kind of team the Magic are. Um, you know, I think it's, 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 I think for a lot of fans, and I get into these arguments all the time with people, um, a lot of fans, especially on Twitter where there's just no room for nuance, Everything's been reduced down to this very, very simplified version of things. You're either winning or you're tanking. You know, there's, 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 there's all these dichotomies and very little in the middle. And, and, and honestly, like NBA analytics, to, to some extent, has become this. Although I don't think it has. I think it's a, I think it's a little bit of a false narrative. But you're either shooting threes or layups or you're taking a bad shot. And that's not completely true. There are mid-range jump shooters who are very good at mid-range jump, sh- jump shots, and that makes it worth it. This, this idea that there is no middle ground, there is no, uh, no room for something different than the extremes is frankly a plague on our society. Um, but it, it, it greatly damages the discourse, especially the discourse with a team like this one. This Magic team does not have top-end talent right now. Um, it does not have a dominant player. It, it, it doesn't have frankly, uh, NBA players that are consistent and can consistently perform the roles the Magic are going to ask them to play. The best player on the floor for the Orlando Magic on Sunday was probably Chuma Okiki. But the way the Magic are using Chuma Okiki right now is the exact way they should use him, as a spot-up shooter, as an occasional driver. Not usually, kind of keeping him off the ball as a defender. Chuma Okiki is dominating games right now by being a good supporting player, by being a good role player, by playing the role the Magic eventually want him to play. And that's fine. But yes, this is going to cost the team games. 
Why did the Magic lose 96-93 to the Los Angeles Lakers? Those 93 points sure don't help. Magic didn't score a ton. They were struggling at, for long stretches to find offense. The second quarter especially, they went down by as much as 13 points. They struggled to create offense consistently. And in the fourth quarter, that struggle became even more. The Magic, the biggest problem the Magic face right now is one of creation. The two guys that are best off the dribble in the half court at getting into the paint and causing the defense to collapse are Dwayne Bacon and Michael Carter-Williams. Dwayne Bacon has been better than expected for this Magic team. He has been a good signing that the Magic have had to ask way too much of. And so in the fourth quarter, despite a 9-for-19 shooting, despite scoring 22 points, despite doing a lot of really, really good things and being able to score and hit tough shots, in the fourth quarter, the Lakers were fine to collapse around him knowing he is not going to pass the ball out and that Bacon is going to force up tough shots. Those tough shots came to roost and the Magic, um, the Magic struggled to generate the offense to stay in the game. Didn't help that the Magic also shot themselves in the foot on several occasions, but Michael Carter-Williams left the game in the first half with a knee, with a knee bruise. Not clear if he will play Tuesday. Orlando had to turn to R.J. Hampton, who has not even practiced with the team yet and is still learning the offense and isn't really a point guard, at least not at this point. Had to turn to him to run the point, and it didn't work. The Magic fouled way too much as they dug, them, as they dug themselves a bit of a hole and couldn't, uh, couldn't keep up, keep their lead against the Lakers. And every time the Magic seemed like they were ready to break out and have a big play, the Lakers would grab an offensive rebound. Lakers would get to the foul line. They were in the bonus early in the fourth quarter. A lot of people will point to the Otto Porter shot. Otto Porter getting a, a pretty good three-point look for the tie. But that only happened because the Lakers screwed up. That only happened because the Magic couldn't corral an, several offensive rebounds on that last possession. And the Lakers missed shots. As bad as the Magic were shooting, the Lakers were just as bad. This was not a good game for either team. And Steve Clifford said as much after the game. The Magic did some fine things. I thought their defensive energy was fantastic. I thought that they played really well together. I thought that there are plenty of signs that show that, okay, this group just got to have some fight. As poorly as the Magic played, and, and as poorly as the Magic played all season, to be frank, no one should be questioning their effort. The effort's there. It's the execution. It's the skill level that's not. And that makes the mistakes the Magic made. That makes those little simple mistakes. As, um, as we're going to hear Steve Clifford say it, mistakes that everyone should know not to make from high school on. It's going to make all those more important. Look, I'm not as bleak as Steve Clifford's going to be. We're going to talk a little bit about this coming up here. I'm not as bleak as that. I thought, considering that the Magic played their first game with several new players, they were playing a rotation that was... Uh, how would I put this? Uh, they were playing a rotation that was... Um, very new and, and not their full rotation. Very clearly, Steve Clifford was trying to ease guys into the game. Um, was trying to ease the new players into their roles. And again, they did some nice things. Chuma Okiki 
and Wendell Carter Jr. had great chemistry. There are several plays in the fourth quarter where Okiki had the ball and set up a pick and roll with Carter. We've never seen Okiki run pick and rolls before. Not only did they master that, Okiki made some incredible passes. He showed some incredible passing touch that we haven't seen from him. Like, like Okiki is coming into his own, and it's really, really, really exciting. There are several plays throughout the course of the, the, the second half where Wendell Carter looked like he was beat and was able to get back in position to deflect a pass on the interior or to challenge a shot that, that the Lakers weren't expecting him to challenge. And, and those defensive stops both kept the magic in the game and gave them the chance to win. There are good things here. I'm not, I'm not so bleak to say that the Magic played so terribly. They did good things. I'm excited for a lot of what we saw, especially from RJ Hampton, uh, Wendell Carter, Chuma Okiki, and even Mo Bamba. We'll get to all them coming up here when we roll, when we roll through the box score. But the Magic do, did plenty of things they can build on. And that's really important. That's really, really important for the rest of the season to have those, not just little victories, but to have those things and to build upon them and get better. As Steve Clifford always says, the goal is to get better by the end of the season, to be better tomorrow than we are today. And of course, they will. They'll, they'll get better and more, more in sync and more in the flow of things. And Tuesday's obviously going to be a tough game against the Clippers, but they'll, they'll get better. They'll get to that level. How high up that level is the question, of course, and, and who knows. But for our first game, there were a lot of really positive signs. A lot of things to be very excited about. But there's still a lot more work to do, obviously. There's still a lot of things to focus on. There's still a lot of things that need to be cleaned up. And that was to be expected. But... This is also the truism of where the Magic are at. This team's going to struggle against elite teams. This team's going to struggle against, against teams that are really dialed in. So when they have a good game, which they did not, but when they have a chance to win, when they play a team that is struggling as much as they are, they need to win. The disappointment from Sunday night isn't about how well they competed. They competed. They played hard. That's the bare minimum. And if you play hard, you're going to give yourself a chance on a lot of nights. That's the bare minimum. But that's not enough either. The Magic had their chance to win this game. They gave it away with fouls, with missed rebounds, with... Bad shot selection, to be frank, by, by not moving the ball, by not getting to the open man. Again, Chumo Kiki had an incredible game, barely touched the ball in the fourth quarter. And some of that is because he's not the creator. And this team has a creation problem. When Dwayne Bacon and Michael Carter-Williams are your best creators, you're going to have problems. When R.J. Hampton is a guy you're relying on to create, it's going to be rough. No one's denying that. No one's hiding that. No one is changing that. But what's going to matter for this team is that the expectations don't change, that the standard doesn't change. And that's what Steve Clifford was talking about most after the game. We'll talk about that standard coming up here in just a moment. But first, 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, but the NBA, the NCAA tournament, and the NHL are in full swing. You can even bet on awards, TV shows, and reality TV on BetOnline. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, they're your online sports book experts. Get all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast as the new look Orlando Magic fall to the Los Angeles Lakers 96 to 93. We obviously have a lot of uh, philosophical debates to get get to, but let's talk about what the guys did on the floor. Dwayne Bacon, I misspoke earlier, 26 points, 9 for 19 shooting, 2 for 6 from beyond the arc, 6 for 6 from the foul line, 8 rebounds. Really nice game from Dwayne Bacon. Um, I know I hit him a little bit harder on his fourth quarter shot selection, um, but overall he was exactly what the Magic needed. A guy who could create a little bit off the dribble, get in the paint, score around the basket. He's really, I mean, he is good at making some tough shots and you know, I, I don't, obviously I don't think the Magic intended to rely on Dwayne Bacon as much as they have this season. I don't think that they intended um, for him to be this big of a player. And obviously, there's been trades and injuries and all that stuff that have forced that. But I think they have to be really happy with how he's played. Um, this guy is a scorer. And he, I mean, even the Magic broadcast noted there just aren't enough scorers on this team. And we're not talking about guys you know that can put up a lot of points. We're talking about guys that just can create their own shot and create something. Um, like I said. The biggest problem that this Magic team is going to have the rest of the season is creation. Michael Carter-Williams and Dwayne Bacon are the team's two best creators. We'll see what Cole Anthony can do when, when he gets back. Um, but but overall, those are the two guys that are creating much offense for you. Um, you know, I think the Magic eventually will probably start running some of those Nikola Vucevic high post sets with Wendell Carter. Um, you know, I think we'll start to you will start to see Chumo Kiki in the post a little bit more. Maybe we'll start to see him running some pick and rolls depending on the matchup. Um, but overall, but this is, you know, honestly, this is going to be Dwayne Bacon's team. This is going to be Otto Porter's team. Um, when they're in the game, those guys are going to have the ball and they're going to be they're going to be tasked with trying to get a bucket. Um, that's just going to be the reality of this group. And again, that's going to be something the Magic are going to have to try and solve somewhere down the line. Um, you know, maybe Gary Harris can do that a little bit. I haven't really looked into his driving stats. Um, he's kind of been used mostly as a 3 and D spot-up shooter. Uh, for a good chunk of his career now, uh, especially after his injuries and after Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic emerged. Um, so it's it, it's not going to look pretty. Um, I thought Bacon played really well. Um, I thought that it tailed off in the fourth quarter as he was trying to force more shots, force his way into the paint. Um, it's still got, I, I think there's going to be a balance that Dwayne's going to have to find. And, and, and my bigger concern overall is, you know, Bacon's had back-to-back really good games. He played well against Portland. He played well against the Lakers, what happens if Bacon has a 2-for-12 game or a 2-for-13 game, which he's had this year? What happens if those shots aren't falling? How do the Magic create offense? How do the Magic get in the paint? Those are going to be the dark nights. And again, Bacon was really good, 9-for-19, um, but the Magic still only scored 93 points. That that has to be a major concern. The minutes for the Magic were all over the place. Bacon played 33, which is about what his normal minutes are going to be. Uh 
minutes are all over the place. It's the Magic. We're trying to make sure that they got all the new guys into the into the game and tested some things out. So again, maybe some of the problems that the Magic had organizationally, maybe some of the problems the Magic had offensively were just again a lot of new lineups uh, and a lot of guys who were. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of guys were just kind of on a little bit short hooks, or, or, or still kind of feeling their way out and feeling each other out. So, uh, again, I'm not, I, again, I'm not going to be as critical as Steve Clifford was after this game. Um, I thought the Magic did some really good things. There were some basic things they obviously didn't do, um, but I think there were a lot of really good performances. So let's go through some of them. Chuma Okiki, 14 points, five for 11 shooting, three for six from beyond the arc, six rebounds, three assists. Uh, I, I mean, Chuma Okiki for a good chunk of this game was the best player on the floor for the Magic. Uh, um, I think the first half especially, Chuma was the only guy that seemed to be hitting shots, and it was just like, give this guy all the shots. Find a way to get him all the shots he can get. Um, I, I think especially over the last week, like Chuma's confidence level has hit another level. His comfort has hit another level, and and, and I think the Magic have done a really good job narrowly defining his role giving him, you know, two or three things that he has to do really, really well. And he's done them really, really well. And we're starting to see that playbook expand a little bit. And again, they're not running plays for him. He's not necessarily on the ball attacking. But the things that Magic have asked him to do, Okiki has done really, really well. And and, and again, I get that there's frustration that Dwayne Bacon's taken a lot of shots. That, you know, that Otto Porter will eventually be taking a lot of shots. Um, and taking shots away from young guys like Okiki. But the bottom line is this. This is part of the Magic's plan. The Magic don't want Okiki doing things that he won't do in a normal team. They want him to master being a spot-up jump shooter. They want him to master the the kind of defensive assignments and roles, which is why Steve Clifford was so hesitant to play him at the three. They want him to master these, these small things so they can slowly grow and expand to bigger things. What Okiki's done the last three games has been just really, really... Uh, you're not, I mean, astounding isn't the right word, but we're watching this kid mature and grow in real time, and it is super, super, super exciting. Um, we're seeing that role slowly begin to expand. It's not just that he took a, a ton of threes. He's three for six from beyond, from beyond the arc, which makes him two for five from inside the arc, but he's starting to be a little bit more aggressive off the dribble. Um, you know, he's getting that maybe that pump fake down, two steps into a jumper or trying to drive to the basket. But even then, he is still making simple, smart passes. He's not trying to force his way into the paint. Um, defensively, Okiki is everywhere. He's able to guard so many players, uh, really one through four. I, I felt confident with him guarding Dennis Schroeder. I think Schroeder beat him on a fourth quarter play, but it took Schroeder two or three dribble moves to get by him. And, and Okiki really kept his position well, the same thing that he did against CJ McCollum uh, on Friday night. Um the magic, the magic are the, this kid's gonna be gonna be good. Um, you know, I don't know if he'll be superstar. He's probably not gonna be superstar good, but he's gonna be a really good player for this team for a while. And and obviously he's going through a little bit of a shooting hot streak right now, um, which you know rookies go hot and cold. But he's his shooting's been generally pretty good this year. Um, I cannot sing his praises enough. I thought the six rebounds were really good. He had one offensive rebound in the fourth quarter where he rebounded between Marcus Morris and Montres and I think Marcus Sol. And slithered through them to get to the get get a layup. Um, so just really good stuff. Fourth quarter too, he had a uh, uh, fourth quarter. He had a what was it? Uh, a, a, a series of pick and rolls with Wendell Carter, a player that he's comfortable playing with from their AAU days, um, and just made really nice passes. He had uh, three assists in the game too. Just made really nice passes to set him up and, and give him a, a really good look. So um, Chuba Okiki, there is a lot to be excited about. Um, the other uh, mainstay, the other like 
returning player that I wanted to touch on was Mo Bamba. Um, I thought Mo looked really bad in in Friday's game against Portland. Ennis Cantor and Yusuf Nurkic bullied him around. Um, he really struggled. Def- he really struggled on the on the glass and rebounding, um, and that. Honestly, that that makes him a little bit unplayable. He's got to be able to rebound if he wants to be in the game, because um, he's he's going to affect shots by his presence, and he's getting better about not chasing blocks. But oftentimes he'll jump uh, to challenge a shot and take himself out of rebounding position. So there's 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 still a lot of room for growth. But Mo recovered really really well. He only played 16:55 in this game. Um, you know, again, I don't know what his minutes will be overall, um, but 11 points, four for nine shooting. Seven rebounds, three blocks. Um, again, got himself going early with a couple blocks. Uh, I thought that he played a lot better in the first half. Uh, and, and and again, he had another pump fake and pump fake at the three point line as as they tried to close out that he turned into a dunk. Um, so he's he's showing some of that talent. I think I think whatever rust there is was starting to wear off as he's getting to play a little bit more. Uh, but he's he's obviously still got a, a, a long ways to go, especially with his defensive awareness and just kind of making good plays. Um, again, I, I tell everyone this all the time. With Mo, it's not about his counting stats. It's not about his scoring. It's about his rebounds. It's about his defense and his defensive positioning. Those are the things that ultimately matter. Let's get to the new guys. RJ Hampton, 17 minutes of action, scored a career-high 10 points on four for eight shooting, one for two from beyond the arc, uh, three rebounds, and an assist. Um... I think the Magic are still getting a feel for RJ Hampton, what he can do. Um, this guy was advertised to me by Adam Morris of Locked On Nuggets a few days ago on the podcast that um, that he's kind of a, a, a ricochet, like he just he just kind of goes, um, and that was certainly the case. And he could create some he could create some action and create some some decision making from the defense. Um, but you know the Magic had to play him at point guard um, because Michael Carter Williams was out, and that did not work. Um, he was not ready for that. He was not ready for that. Um, his dribble is still a little bit loose. Um, I think it's a bit of a concern um, that that the ball gets away from him a little bit. But overall, his confidence shooting the ball was surprisingly good. Um, you know, again, one, you know, hit a hit a three, um, hit a hit a jumper elsewhere, was able to get to the basket a little bit. He he did the kind of things that you you need him to do and need him to do to, to continue growing and continue getting better. So uh, I thought that Hampton had a really nice debut. Again, very clear. And, 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 and I do think that this had an effect on the game, both offensively and to the final result. Very clear that the Magic were being very, very careful with, with their new guys, with Hampton, Carter, and Porter. They all came off the bench. They all played very limited minutes. Hampton played 17. Carter played 20. Porter played 24, 20, almost 25. And he's a veteran. He's going to get a little bit more leeway from Cliff. Um, very clear that they're they're all still feeling each feeling their way around and, and not completely comfortable with everything going on quite yet. Um, a practice on Monday is going to go a long way to help them. Uh, so I, I think that I think that uh, that you know we take a lot of these things with a grain of salt. We're just I am. I'm going to make an argument why we can't just be focused on positives and stuff like that, but but I do think with these guys, especially at this point, focusing on some positives, saying they did this well, they did that well, that's that's going to help them in the end. Wendell Carter Jr. I thought also had a really nice game. Eight points, two for three shooting, four for seven from beyond the arc, eight rebounds. Admitted after the game that he probably needed to be more aggressive with his jumper, and again, he missed a three-pointer, and you know, I don't know how much I want Carter shooting jumpers, but... The fact that he 
The fact that he recognizes that he has to be more aggressive offensively on this team is a good thing. Uh, I think that's going to be a shift of mindset from what he dealt with in Chicago, where Chicago wanted him to be selective with his jumper, um, you know, for a long time. And that was part of the problem with Jim Boylan and all that. Um, But Carter, you know, I I didn't quite know what to make of Carter defensively because, um, you know, Wendell Carter had had a reputation as a good defender. Um, then I talked to Matt Peck of Locked on Bulls, and he told me that uh, that you know Carter's really struggles defensively against traditional centers um, and against kind of the bruising centers, even like Nikola Vucevic. Uh, and and so I just didn't know what to make of it. But then you know we watched watched this game, and this is obviously just the first game. Um, Carter, I thought, did some really good things defensively. His ability to get back into a play to contest a shot, to get a deflection, um, to 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 affect interior passing was really good and it's just very solid positioning. Um, you know, I, I think that I think that there is something there defensively, and I'm eager to see how that grows. And and I would expect Carter to see his minutes bump up here um as the Magic try to play play a little bit more. And again, you're looking at some of these minutes from the starters. You know, obviously Michael Carter Williams got hurt, so he played only 13, but Ken Birch played only 2552, you know, as a starter, you'd expect him around 30. So it's not clear what what that situation is. James Ennis played 2652, so 27 minutes from a starter. Again, who's is he going to remain a starter? That's a good that's a good question. Chumo Kiki playing 2957, I think is a little bit indefensible. He should have been in the game a lot more because he was playing very very well. Um I I I do think the Magic's rotation will settle down. Um, probably as soon as Tuesday. Um, certainly, I would imagine by Thursday we'll see what this team's actually going to look like and what the rotation will actually be. But we'll we'll get a better sense of that coming up uh, in the next few games. The Orlando Magic, though, shoot just thirty eight point six percent from the floor. Um, this is a ton of shots, unfortunately, just not able to get uh, much consistent consistent offensively, especially in that second quarter. Eleven for thirty three from beyond the arc. They do turn the ball over just ten times, but again, those turnovers are costly with the margin for error this small. The Lakers didn't fare much better. Forty one and a half percent shooting. Eleven for forty from beyond the arc. Eight offensive rebounds. A lot of them just killer, 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 killers and 12 turnovers for the Lakers. So the Magic, did, again, did a good job defensively. We're not going to argue that the Magic played a poor defensive game. Um, some mistakes for sure, not finishing possessions, um, but the Magic just unable to get much offensive push. Um, it's going to be hard to hold teams to 96 points. This was a game the Magic needed to win. The Los Angeles Lakers defeat the Orlando Magic 96-93, to but the Orlando Magic not satisfied at all with the effort, or they shouldn't be, and this is going to get us to what the foundation for the Magic will be coming up. I'll get to that here in just a moment. But first, we've been telling you about Built Bar for a long time. Long time sponsor of the show. They're the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now's the time to find out which Built Bar is best. It is Built Bar Madness. Isn't that exciting? Um, Today's matchup and the Built Bar Madness Tournament, if I can pull it up real, real quick. We're getting to the, we're getting to the end here. We're getting to the final matchups. Today's matchup is cookie is a caramel brownie versus coconut brownie chunk. I've actually had both, and they're both delicious. I can't imagine trying to vote on this, but we're all going to have to. We're all going to have to find a way to vote on these matchups. And you can vote on them too. Go to BuiltBar.com or to bar, bar underscore Built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. 
Today's podcast is also brought to you by our pals at rockauto.com. If you're someone that takes care of your car yourself, it's your baby. If it's the one thing that gets you from point A to point B, then rockauto.com is the place for you. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for the past 20 years. Go to rockauto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, water oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, so quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. If you are a Magic fan, you have probably been focused on that NBA Draft for a very, very long time. Y'all tell me about it all the time. And while, yes, no one is blind to the fact that that's where this season is headed. No one is blind to the fact that, yes, the Magic are likely to get a high lottery pick, that they are playing for one of those top five guys that are um, at the envy of everyone. And and, I've, and I do believe this too. The success, of what the, Ma- the success or failure of what the Magic did on Thursday depends on whether they win the lottery. If the Magic end up with the sixth pick, what they did Thursday is going to look very silly. If they get the second, third, if they get the first pick, well, what they did Thursday is going to be a great, it could, could very well be very successful um, as kind of a restart to the franchise. The bottom line is, as Zach Lowe put it um, after Thursday's trade deadline, the Magic are still hunting for a true star player, someone that they can really build around, build around and kind of galvanize this franchise and this roster in a way that, yes, Nikola Vucevic never really could. But that's all for the future. That's all for... What comes next? If you're Steve Clifford, if you're any player on this roster, what matters is the now. And as Jeff Turner put it on the Fox Sports Florida broadcast, um, if you're a player on the team, you don't care about that draft pick. You're not here to help the franchise hire your replacement. And to think otherwise is silly. Yes, the reality is this team is probably not going to win a whole lot of games. But for everyone on that roster, especially the players that are going to matter for this team moving forward, trying to win is still in their best interest. And frankly, it's still in the team's best interest. Think back to those early days of the Rob Hennigan era. It's very clear that Rob Hennigan's plan was to kind of build through the draft the same way the Thunder did. You'll be bad for two years... You'll collect two high lottery picks, and those will be the stars that you build your roster around, and you'll grow and develop from there. Problem is, the Magic didn't invest in veterans. The Magic had a poor coach. The Magic did not build a habits that would enable them to win. You look at the talent on that roster, from Victor Oladipo, who became an all-star, to Tobias Harris, who was nearly an all-star this year, to all the, all the other players that the Magic had that have stayed in the league for a long time. 
Maurice Harkless, Kylo Quinn even. That Magic team was not bereft of talent. They were bereft of foundation. They were bereft of institutional knowledge. They they were bereft of habits. And yes, the Magic on Sunday night had a lot working against them. Uh, Essentially a brand new roster. Players who had never played together before. Not even in a practice. Players who still had to get their feet under them after a crazy Thursday that saw them get traded, and then, of course, heading out west for a West Coast road trip because the schedule is just especially mean. There's a lot working against them, and things will get better. But the one thing that is very, very clear is the Magic are not quitting on their season. There's still a lot they need to accomplish and a lot they need to win. You know, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to come up here and make stuff up. We were, we played hard. We didn't play smart. We made a ton of mistakes. And it's hard to win on the road doing that, you know. One thing we're going to do all the way through this now, you know, we're not going to make stuff up. We're not. I mean, that's what bad franchises do, especially at the end of the year. We're not doing that. Guys played good. I'll say they played good, all right? Guys are learning. It wasn't that great. And that's pretty blunt, to be perfectly frank. Um, you know, again, Clifford upset with the with the fouling, upset with the offensive rebounds, just not upset with the effort, upset with the very simple mistakes that that the te- that any team has to do to be successful. Um, you know, uh, just especially on the road. Um, these are the basics that Steve Clifford has built his entire coaching career on. His entire coaching career is built on doing the thing, the basic things well, not beating yourself, not giving the other chance, that little avenue to squeeze in. Orlando played well enough defensively to win. And, and, and the frustration that you hear in Clifford's voice is that Orlando played well enough to win. And as I've said to everyone that will listen, the fact of the matter is we all understand, we all recognize that this Magic team is probably not going to win very many games the rest of the way. They just don't have the talent to do so. But when you have the chance to win, when you put yourself in a position where you can win a game, you have to do everything you can to win it. That's what players want. That's what coaches want. And that's what's ultimately going to be healthier for this franchise. You lose a game on a missed shot like Otto Porter's missed shot, fine, so be it. It's a make or miss league. You can live with a missed open shot. What you can't live with is giving the game away, is making little mistakes, because those little mistakes add up, not just to help you lose a game, but those little mistakes add up to hurt a franchise, to set a pattern, to set a way of playing that becomes more difficult to break. You go back and think about some of those early rebuilding teams where, you know, they said, you know, they would have looked at a game like like Sundays and said, there's a lot of positives there. And there were a lot of positives. You don't want to ignore them. But that would have been the story. That would have been the, 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 the story. And, and I, I'll admit it, it's a mindset that we all need to change. There should still be an expectation that this team can win. The team expects it of themselves. Why shouldn't we expect it of that? The feeling in the locker room is room for improvement. Uh, I feel like all the guys, like I said, competed, you know, played, you know, super hard. And, you know, we came up short just for some little mistakes, which are fixable, you know, correctable. So uh, the energy in the locker room was, you know, high after the game. Uh, we see our potential. We see what we can do. I'm competing with a good team like that. And, you know, I think just the morale of, you know, the team is, you know, high spirits, keep working, you know, finish this road trip off the right way. 
RJ Hampton speaking to the media after Sunday's game. Um, and it's good to hear that the team is still in high spirits, understanding that it was their mistakes that cost the game. And, and, and of course, the really only sign of growth that comes now is whether they learn from those mistakes, whether they improve, whether they are able to get themselves back because of what happened or because of how they played. Um, there's obviously a lot still to sort through. There's still obviously a lot to get used to. There's still a lot to get settled. But the goal has not changed. The expectation has not changed. And it shouldn't change. Even through all of this. Even with, yes, the franchise's future and the balance based off the ping pong balls and how they bounce. The Magic are still going to push and try to win. As they should. Um, Steve Clifford will settle on rotation. It may upset a few people who is not in that rotation. But the Magic are still going to fight they're still going to try, and they're still going to try and get these wins. That's what was disappointing about Sunday. With the chance to win the game, the Magic could only look at themselves and say, it was our mistakes that cost us this game. Our mistakes that cost us a chance to win. And all the effort, yeah, that's a start. But that's not enough. And that shouldn't be all that is expected of them. This team should expect a whole lot more. And we're going to continue to expect a whole lot more from them. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. As a note... We'll probably be doing a lot of afternoon episodes, so expect Locked On Magic to drop in your uh, on your podcast devices sometime around noon. That is that is my plan for the week since the team is on the West Coast. Um, I gotta do writing for Orlando Magic Daily, obviously, uh, and and make sure I get to sleep at a decent hour um, so I can be ready for my workday, um, which is shifted a little bit later uh, later because of my day job, um, but. We will still have Lockdown Magic every day. Just look for it a little bit closer to noon. Um, so I'll try and space them out to make sure that everyone has a chance to listen. Um, I can only encourage you as well to go back and look at our archives. We did some great stuff during the trade deadline on Thursday and Friday. Did an emergency podcast with Adam Morris of Lockdown Nuggets and uh, Matt, Pe- Matt Peck of Lockdown Bulls. Um, replayed part of my locker room conversation on Friday's episode, a late Friday episode of Lockdown Magic. So be sure to check all of that out. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this week, Will Crossman Reich. We'll see you all again for another episode of Locked On Magic.